breakaway. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Well, the next time we have an episode of Territory Talk, the regular season schedule will be fully completed. Here at the time of this recording, the Panthers have two games left. They're against the cross-state rival Tampa Bay Lightning, and playoff seating is still to be determined however it looks like we are getting closer and closer to the first highly anticipated sunshine state showdown series in the history of the panthers lightning rivalry we'll see how things shake out but this matchup over the weekend saturday monday the final two games of the regular season could be a precursor to what we see when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. We'll talk about that and more coming your way here in just a few moments. The Red Hot Florida Panthers, winners of four straight games at the time of this recording, winners of eight of their last ten. Jamison Olive here with me, Doug Plagans, as we break it all down this week on Territory Talk. And joining us in just a little bit, our featured guest this week, the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning website. You can read his stuff. His name is Brian Burns as you get prepared for this weekend's matchups, the potential playoff series from all angles. I know you like to keep up with what Jamison's got online, but Jamison's Tampa Bay counterpart is going to be joining us in just a little bit. So lots to get to here on this episode of Territory Talk. Again, Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always. Jameson, how excited are you for this final regular season edition of Territory Talk? Right here, you're doing it. You're recording it right now. I am, and I feel great. No, how crazy is this, though, Doug? I mean, it seems like every time, you can't say it this time of the year because the year's all messed up, but this time of the season. It you, is the playoff part of the calendar, though. Yeah, but like I'm talking the final week of the season. So I'll say this part of the season, you and I are usually sitting at our desks you know, crunching numbers, looking at schedules, saying, well, if these two teams lose on Tuesday and this team only gets a point on Thursday and the Panthers win this game in regulation, then we're in. We're always doing these scenarios and things like that. But here we are now. We've been sitting in lounge chairs for like a month just saying, all right, like this game, don't get me wrong. It's exciting. It's fun to watch. But this team's going to the playoffs. Let's get there. Let's have some fun. Um, and I got to say, it's, it's a nice feeling. I could get used to this. And it seems like we are going to get used to this because this does feel like the start of something, you know, big here with the Panthers under Bill Zito. Yeah, we've said it before. I've, I've said it here on this show. This is a foundational season, I think. Uh, I, I think the Panthers have solidified themselves as a contender. And I think this is a situation that they are going to find themselves in for the next number of years and I think uh, you know with this team the expectations are, are going to be high now because this team has come in and established itself as a team to be reckoned with in the National Hockey League and when you look across the league looking at it right now uh, this is uh, this is a team that's in the firmly in the top third of teams in the National Hockey League and because the NHL is so wide open I think you know you usually look at it in tiers and I think there's a third of the league that goes into every 
every season as a legitimate contender for the Stanley Cup. And I think the Panthers are in that group, and I think they're going to be in that group for a number of years to come. So, uh, again, as we cruise along here on Territory Talk, lots to get to. Panthers playing some great hockey, getting contributions from a lot of different guys. Of course, we've had some guys in and out of the lineup lately, and we hope that the Panthers will have the full boat back in full working order when things get going uh, with the with the Stanley Cup playoffs before too long. But, Jamison, you got to be happy with how a lot of guys have filled in, have slotted in. Grigory Denisenko's been outstanding, looks more and more comfortable every single night playing with Alexander Barkov. And guy like Alexei Heponiemi has played a great two-way game and drawn some great praise from Joel Quenville. Owen Tippett's played a lot this season, but you've seen his game go to new heights as well and finding the score sheet quite a bit. I thought a great compliment that Joel Quenville gave. He was asked recently about uh, Denisenko and Tippett's game, and I thought a great compliment, plain and simply said, they look like they belong. And coming from Joel Quenville, that's uh, that's a great statement right there. Those guys look like they are guys that can be impact players in the National Hockey League. Yeah, we have a lot of things to talk about today. But first, let's talk about those young guys. And the funny thing is, uh, in years past, you would be saying, you know, I, I know things aren't great now, but look at these guys coming up. Now we're in a situation where you're saying, look, things are great now, and also look at these guys coming up, which is how you find sustained success in the league. And I remember uh, after the last game, I asked a lot of guys about that because uh, so many of the young guys are contributing so much right now with a couple guys out of the lineup. You mentioned it. Denisenko, three straight games with at least a point. Uh, Owen Tippett had some big goals, really big assists. Uh, last game, two primary helpers, uh, two beauties. Uh, they're coming along. Hepaniemi, uh looks like he belongs as well. He's playing great out there. And then, of course, Spencer Knight, you know, youngest goaltender in NHL history to start 4-0-0. Uh, so, you know, no, nothing wrong the, with that. All the firsts. He got the win in his first start. He's he's played a home game. He's played a road game. He's had a relief appearance. He's had an overtime game. He's covered all of it. I was kind of hoping they'd go to a shootout the last game just so he could, you know, get that out of the it's way, the too. the only thing that hasn't happened yeah, yet. Yeah, he just hasn't had the shootout yet. But once he gets that under his belt. But that's another good thing about Spencer night he has so much ammo now heading into this offseason and so much knowledge uh to help him you know with his routine this offseason and his preparation for next season so uh it's kind of the same for all these young guys you know uh, for Denisenko for Tippett for Hepaniemi uh, and of course the guys that aren't even here yet that could be here next year you know coming up the pipeline guys like Anton Lundell uh, a couple defensemen you know Max Gildon John Ludwig maybe those guys get a look next year but a lot of great people in the pipeline right now a lot making an impact right now here with the Panthers uh and on that like I said we we, we talked about this after that last game after that overtime went over the stars uh, and here quickly is what Mackenzie Weger had to say about the young guys kind of making their mark right now yeah they look solid I remember uh, on the bench me and Goody were talking about them tonight uh, they're playing the right way and they're getting rewarded for it they're getting good chances but uh, you know when you're when you're playing well defensively and you're getting those um, you know playing hard and playing over the puck um, that's what they're doing and um, it's good to, it's good to see the future's bright here so you hear from Weeks there, you know, talking to Radko Gudis on the bench that, you know, hey, these, these kids can play. And for guys that are kind of just entering your prime, it's got to be a good feeling knowing that these guys are coming up behind you to really help, you know, create that full-rounded team here for many years to come. Um, so it's crazy to think that, yeah, those young guys are playing well. Because you look, know, Dennis Senko's 20, Tippett's 22. Most guys are in that range. Spencer Knight just turned 20. Uh, but the core of the Panthers, the real core, is, you know, Mackenzie Weger, Jonathan Huberto, both 27. You look at Barkov, 25. It's a young core still. Uh, so you have a great, great, like you said, foundational season, a great foundation in place right now. And we're seeing a lot of it right now. A lot of guys getting opportunities, getting rewarded. Um, and speaking of getting rewarded, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention just that that warm, fuzzy moment with Philip DeRozier getting to back up uh, Spencer Knight against uh, the Stars last time out. Uh, you know, 
probably one of the guys that's the you know, last guy to leave the rink every day considering he's the, the goalie on the taxi squad. Uh, there's been times this season where I've been watching him and say, you know, Driegs or Bob or someone, you know, got a, uh, a maintenance day. He would, you know, work the first practice and the taxi squad. He puts in a lot of work, you know, kept his head down, never complained. All the guys love him. Any guy that was on the taxi squad uh, said he's a great guy. So for the Panthers to, you know, reward him with something like that was great to see. It's a good culture moment. And one thing I'll say is, you know, as we talk about the Panthers culture, because so many things have obviously changed under Bill Zito. Of course, the roster being the first, you know, the, the biggest thing. Uh, but in terms of just the culture change, I, that's a big part of it. Because when you talk to the guys about DeRozier, everyone else is enjoying that just as much as he is. And I think, you know, when individual success becomes team success is when you have a really good team and you talk about culture and you talk about a core and the Panthers clearly this season have that. Yeah, it's when you look at the... And that was, I just ramble. That, that, that's how passionate I am right now about this Panthers team. I think I rambled there for a full two and a half minutes. Well, and that, that was... So a, Doug's looking at the timer right now in the record. That was a, that was a great moment. You got to check the battery life on this thing. That was a great, <laughs> uh, a great moment though. And this, there, it's a very tight-knit group. It's a, it's a very a team-oriented group. Everybody in that dressing room is rooting for everybody else in that dressing room, and you can we we can see that. We can and that see dressing that room is what tonight. thirty plus guys deep. Yeah, right it's now. a lot like, of guys right now. Yeah, and I I mean that's a that's something I think that takes place across the whole hockey world. I've been on a bus in the American Hockey League when a guy got the notice that he was going up to the National Hockey League and seen you know the way a team responds when a when a guy gets that call. So for Philippe Derosier to get that opportunity. It's it's something that's a milestone for him, a great reward for him, and uh, and you could tell just Joel Quenville, uh, you know the way everybody enjoyed talking about that moment the other day, right after it had taken place. That's something that uh, that he's never going to forget. And Philippe Derosier, it was against his old team, by the way. He was a Dallas Stars draft pick. And he's played in the ECHL. He's played a lot in the American Hockey League. He's been in this organization for two seasons now. And he's come in, had a had a role this season, and and excelled at it. And had a great attitude all season. And it was just great to see him get rewarded and for that's, it. And that's one other thing I'll say about this Panthers team is no matter what you're doing, whether you're on the ice, off the ice, whether you're you know part of the equipment staff, whether you're a hockey player, whether you're in hockey ops, everyone has a role this season. And it's nice to see everyone kind of executing their role to the fullest. But you heard us talk a lot about DeRozier. We have some sound, of course, uh, from that morning skate when he got the news. So here first is DeRozier talking about, you know, his reaction to, you know, he, hearing that he'd be you know, backing up in his first ever NHL game. And then also Ryan Lomberg talking about just being happy for him. Uh, so I came here, do my normal routine, I guess. And uh, I was getting re ready to, to work out like I always do. And uh, I saw Lou and Bill walking around. So I was like, oh, something's going on. So. Uh, when they grabbed me, actually, I thought I was getting uh, sent down because we have a couple goalies here now. So, and then they said uh, I deserve it, and it's it's been a quite a, a year for me working and just practicing. So, uh, I'm really excited. It's it's uh, a long road, but I'm really excited for it. I mean, uh, my job, I guess, wasn't easy, but um, it was lots of fun. You know, it's uh, uh, my job was to make sure guys are ready to perform in games and do whatever I can to make them ready and just stop box. Like that was my job all year and I really enjoyed it. So uh, today's a nice day to, uh, I guess, reward me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's, you know, definitely one of those feel good moments for the group, um, you know, and I, I'm sure he's obviously more excited, but he's a guy that comes to the rink every day and, um, you know, is, is, you know, one of the hardest workers, if not the hardest worker shows up with a smile on his face every day. Um, and he's been great. So yeah, we're, we're all thrilled for him. I know he got a standing O when he came back in the room there. So 
uh, safe to say we're all very excited for him. Well, Doug, nice to hear, obviously, there. that's a feel-good moment. Also nice for the Panthers to get the win, which, of course, actually came against, you know, DeRozier's, uh, the team that originally drafted him, the Dallas Stars. That had to feel a little good there as well. Uh, but we're talking a lot about the young guys, and we should, and we'll talk a lot about, you know, the young guys over the offseason and the summer. And, you know, for many years to come, these guys are all just, you know, right just getting their feet wet here, getting the start of some great NHL careers. But as we, you know, we work our way towards that conversation with Brian Burns, as we work our way towards talking about Panthers Lightning and then eventually the playoffs, uh, a lot of the, the big guns are also firing on all cylinders right now. The Panthers as a team definitely are not backing into the playoffs. Like you said, wins in eight of their last 10, uh, playing some great hockey, getting contributions from all over. Let's just start first at the very, very, very top. Uh, Alexander Barkov, 18 goals in his last 23 games, 26 on the season. And if you take out, I think, Austin Matthews and maybe Connor McDavid, he's probably top three in the league in goals if you take out those two heavy hitters. So he's having a season for the ages. Uh, he probably deserves to be a, a, a finalist for the Hart Trophy. I don't know if he'll get it, but for that reason, I think he's definitely going to win the Selkie Trophy because a lot of people are going to say, hey, we'll give him this thing, though. Uh, he also deserves that as well. And, of course, we'll talk more this about that. This thing? We'll talk, uh, some people vote like that. We'll talk more about, uh, you know, about end of season awards as we go along here. But I, I think, you know, Barky's definitely going to win some hardware. Obviously, you know, a couple you know, members of the Panthers organization should win some hardware, but Barky for sure. Uh, but Doug, I mean, like I said, 26 goals on the season, 18 in his last 23 games. Uh, Mackenzie Weger, the other game, said he's unstoppable uh, when he's playing at that level. And he truly believes he's, you know, the best player in the league. If you factor in, of course, everything, which I think he is the best two-way player in the league. If you factor in how good he can be on offense and how good he can be on defense. Uh, but Doug, to have a guy like that heading into the playoffs, playing at that level, uh, we, we talk obviously about how important goaltending is in the playoffs, but to have at least one guy that is just head and shoulders probably you know, uh, better than the rest of a lot of guys on the ice, that really helps you. The way it's going right now for Alexander Barkov, when he goes on the ice, you know you're going to spend the entire sequence in the other team's zone. That's the way things have been. If it's a defensive zone start, he's probably going to win the faceoff. You're going to get a clear, and the rest of the shift is going to be spent down in the other team's end. So he's dominating games. He's controlling the tempo of games. Just watch him out there. Everything he does, when he has the puck on his stick, he's bringing the game to whatever speed that he wants to play it at, and that's a unique ability, and there are only a handful of guys in the National Hockey League that can dictate the pace of an entire game when he's on the ice. Alexander Barkov doing that right now. So he's been absolutely special. There's no other way you can phrase it. He has been playing at, uh, at a level that uh, is all world, and we've seen him play at an elite level for a long time, and somehow he keeps finding ways to top his previous act. And right now you're seeing, uh, again, just the the best Alexander Barkov that uh, that we've ever seen. And I think he is a shoe-in for the Selkie Trophy. I think the Panthers have I think it'll a be few shoe-ins. I, I think he's a shoe-in, but I think it, the votes are going to be close. It's uh, It shouldn't be close. It but really should will find a way to get uh, but the, had a has a great season deserves votes yes but Barky of course thinks deserves a lot more and as we've discussed votes. the Selkie Trophy being in that mix it's kind of a club once you get the reputation of being in that mix you're going to be in which that Barky mix has, for a long time and he's good. gotten into that now so I think you can pencil him in at least as a finalist for probably the next five to seven years because mm -hmm. that's the way things have gone for Patrice Bergeron Anza and there Kopitar, are a number of other guys, guys. Yeah. yes Anza Kopitar a lot a number the of the VIP other guys table in the Selkie Trophy club. exactly they uh, the 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 long-standing members uh, <laughs> of the uh, of that uh, association. So, a few shoe-ins. I think Alexander Barkov's a shoe-in. I think Joel Quenville's a shoe-in for the Jack Adams. I think Bill Zito's a shoe-in for GM of the Year. So I think the Panthers Rob have some guys that are gonna so, some uh, some awards that could be coming their way. I think 
I think Bill's a sh- once again, we'll talk about this more at the end of the season. Well, but Bill, I think 100% for sure is shoo-in. Uh, and Q, I think it's him versus Rod the Bot, I think. So it's going to be tough there. Uh, you know, it, so much. They both have done a great they job. They've both done a great job. Uh, but of course, I think expectations obviously higher for the Hurricanes heading into the season. Uh, but that's the Jack Adams is the weirdest award in hockey. We always talk about it. Joel Quenville won three Stanley Cups in Chicago, never won the Jack Adams. Didn't win a Stanley Cup in St. Louis. But you know what? He won the Jack Adams. So it's, it, I, it's, I And there are a lot of coaches yeah. who won Jack Adams. And kind of faded away from from the scene. Well, it's even like the, the really best years of the Lightning, you know, before you know their their really really peak years. Like John Cooper never won because everyone say, yeah, he's a good coach, but the team's great. It's so hard to separate good coaching from just good team. It it seems in the eyes of voters. Uh, but I definitely think uh, Panthers are a great team. But Joel Quenville's a great coach, and like I said, Zito, Coach Q, both those guys should be getting that hardware. So that's uh, something we'll be keeping an eye on. We've covered a lot here already here in this. Uh, and I just want to territory I, I said, talk. We'll be getting to the Lightning Panthers and, and Brian Burns here in a second. But just two more people I want to talk about, and two more people that are going to be just massive come playoffs because, like you said, this is our last episode before you know we get into like that one playoff preview episode really uh and that is going to be uh Mackenzie Weger and Gustav Forsling obviously when Aaron Ekblad uh you know was knocked out of the lineup uh you know 12 week recovery timetable everyone said you know what a blow to the Panthers and it was a blow you know he was he, he was a guy that was going to get some Norris votes he was playing the best season of his career uh, actually absolutely you know vital on the power play in particular we've learned he was just great there uh piling up a ton of points you know t- facing the tough assignments each and every night uh but the Panthers have held strong they've held down the fort they've done a really good job in his absence and a lot of that is Mackenzie Weger and a lot of that's Gustav Forsling and Weegs um if you look around Twitter and if you're on especially stats Twitter that corner of the Twitter world hockey stats Twitter people are saying Weegs is the best defensive defenseman in the league and should get Norris votes with all the advanced metrics he has in terms of you know zone entries denying zone entries shot suppression all, all the good things that go into what make a good defenseman and of course uh, last I checked he was either first or right there for even strength points among defensemen because he has a ton of points he has a career high points I believe last I checked he was at 33 uh, but he really doesn't get any power play time gets a little bit more on PP2 right now but it's picked up lately. overall yeah. but hasn't for the majority of the season uh, but he just really, really, really coming into his own this season. And he's a friend of the program. We, we, we love Weeg, so that's been nice to see. But I think a lot of teams now look at him as a, a bona fide, especially in this situation, definitely a number one defenseman here for the Panthers. And then Gustav Forsling, as we talk about Bill Zito's, you know, resume here to win GM of the year, coming out of like, you know, just out of nowhere, picking up off waivers from Carolina in a training camp. What a revelation he's been as, you know, coming up to that top pairing. The confidence, uh <laughs> As Barkov said, they call him Bobby Forsling now with how good he is. Coach Q didn't like that as much. Coach Q was like, ah, it's the boys having fun, but, you know, Bobby's Bobby. But Barkov and the guys definitely having fun with that. But he, his transition game and what he does is, is spectacular to watch. And I think I said it in episode two or ago, but if you have a chance, just watch him, you know, zone in on him for a couple shifts and watch what he does. Uh, he does such a great job of getting the puck going the other way. Obviously, Uyghur gives him some, some comfortability there and helps him out as well. But uh, 10 points in his last 20 games, a plus, I don't think, plus 15, 16, something like that so he's been a huge positive impact player for the Panthers also in the possession game uh, Panthers you know always out shooting the opposition when he's on the ice with Weeks. so those two guys you know I think when Ekblad went out a lot of people were a little unsure about what would happen to the Panthers defensive core but heading to the playoffs you can confidently say the Panthers do have a legit top pairing with those guys with how they're playing Bill Lindsay calls him the one-man breakout his, that, that, is, that is a good summary of what he does. He, and his skating ability is so good that you'll never see Gus Forsling in trouble out there he can take the puck into the offensive end. He can join a rush if there happens to be a counterattack back the other way. Somehow, magically, he's going to be right there in position. You wonder, how do you go from behind the other team's net to all of a sudden you're the first one back defensively and in position and, and, and the pace never looks frantic. It never 
his game is so smooth and he's such a good skater and he compliments Mackenzie Weger so well that he's just he's always in the right spot and it's a it's a really good knack he's a smart hockey player and what a find for the Panthers and again as his minutes have gone up going into the last game uh, I'm not sure if this is held probably still holding true it was only one additional game but leading up to the last game picked up a note from the Panthers media notes big thanks to Mike Lewis Tom Harding and everybody who's involved with the game note process we love the game notes but leading up to the last game and a big part of this was because there were those couple of games that Mackenzie Weger missed due to an injury. But there was an 18-game span that led up to the last Panthers game, that last game against Dallas. And in that 18-game span, nobody logged more combined minutes than Gus Forsling. And you look at how well this team has been playing. He was plus 13 over those 18 games and played more than anybody else on the team in terms of sheer minutes on the ice. That shows you right there just how good this guy's been because the team's playing great. They're getting good results consistently. They've had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, but he's been such a constant, and he's playing more than anyone. And look how good everything looks out there. And he's a big part of it. And the last thing, like we always talk about when it comes to foundation and future and all that, uh, 24 years old, will be 25 next season, but right in entering that prime prime years of his career. So only going to get better. So uh, another, you know, slam dunk there. Yeah, the one man breakout who's having a breakout this year, Gus Forsling, talking breakouts in a number of different ways. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive Territory Talk, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And, well, time to go behind enemy lines a little bit here, if you will, (laughs) because the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, they look like they're heading on a collision course here to the first playoff matchup in the history of the cross-state rivalry. The Sunshine State showdown seems to be on the horizon. And, well, I guess that means, especially with a couple of games to close out the regular season, which, by the way, even if we know... 1,000% that this is going to be the first-round matchup. These two games, for a lot of reasons, aren't going to be throwaway games. There's going to be seating on the line. You look across the National Hockey League, every good team is really good on home ice. Home ice is going to matter in terms of matchups, just being comfortable in your home building. That stuff matters. So these are not throwaway games for that reason. You want to finish ahead of the other team. You want to get that two-seed if you can, now Tampa Bay does have, uh, you know, a couple of games in hand on the Panthers at the time of this recording. We'll see what they're able to do with those extra couple of games against a desperate Dallas Stars team that we just saw the Panthers uh, beat by a 5-4 score the other night. So the Panthers, for that reason, they want to make sure they get that two seed. You want to finish as strong as you can. And just the mere fact that, you know, from the mental side of it, You don't want to go into a playoff series having just dropped a couple of games against somebody. You want to finish strong. You want to come out and get wins if you can going into that playoff series. You want to have any mental edge that you possibly can going into a seven-game playoff series. So a lot coming up on the line with these games between the Panthers and the Lightning. Saturday at 7, Monday at 7 to round out the regular season slate ahead of what could be a playoff matchup between the two teams. So to discuss all of that right here on Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, let's move into our conversation with Tampa Bay Lightning website reporter Brian Burns. Brian Burns covers the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is here with us right now on Territory Talk. And Brian, just to lead things off, first, thanks for stopping by the show here. 
and it feels like the Panthers and the Lightning are on a collision course to meet in a playoff series for the first time in the history of the cross-state rival. Right now, things are trending that way. And just from your perspective among the fan base, because I know the players and the coaching staff, everybody keeps that focus day to day. But as far as the fan base is concerned, is there some buzz knowing that this is a distinct possibility right now that we could see the Panthers and the Lightning meet in a seven-game series for the first time ever? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And just, you know, like you said there, first time ever. I think that's the, the big reason why, you know, the, the Lightning and Panthers have had this, you know, in-state rivalry for uh, quite a few years now. And it's been ramping up here of late as both teams have been pretty good. Uh, but they haven't really, you know, they haven't had that playoff series yet. And that's what you always hear about the NHL playoffs. That's where rivalries are really born. Uh, and the Lightning have had some really good rivalries over the last few years because of some of those playoff series that they played. Uh, Detroit in 2015 and 2016, they played them in the first two rounds. Uh, Boston uh, a couple times here more recently. Montreal again in 2014 and 2015. So uh, a lot of those rivalries, a lot of those intense games that you see uh, between two opponents comes from you know some kind of playoff animosity that they've had prior. So. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of fans are kind of looking forward to it. It does feel like there's been this collision course between, you know, the Lightning and the Panthers for, for some time now. Uh, Carolina just doesn't lose any more. At the, uh, it seems like they're going to be tough to catch in top of the Central Division. Florida hasn't lost in quite a while. It seems like the Lightning have been you know, in third place now for uh, a few weeks now and have been trying to climb up out and, and surpass both those teams. But uh, all three teams have been winning right now, so... Uh, I guess coming into the playoffs, you'll see kind of these teams at their best because they all seem to be trending in the right direction. And Brian, before we get to the playoffs, two games left in the season series, Panthers and Lightning, uh, six down, two to go. Panthers right now 3-2-1 and one against the Lightning, but the Lightning actually a one-goal edge uh, in terms of goals scored, goals allowed in the season series. All these games have been exciting. They've all been very tight. Uh, just what has been your takeaway so far through six games of Panthers versus Lightning this season? Yeah, you know, just like you said, they've all been tight. Either, you know, each contest could have gone either way, except for maybe the first two games that the teams played. And I really feel like that first game the Lightning and Panthers played uh, down in Sunrise, that was a, a little bit of a wake-up call, I think, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Certainly Florida had gotten off to a great start in the season, and I think maybe they wanted to, to test themselves against the Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champions, and, and came ready for that contest. And I don't know that the Lightning were quite prepared to match that uh, intensity that Florida brought to that game. And then you saw the second game that the two teams played. Uh, Tampa Bay was a little bit more prepared, and maybe Florida had a little bit of a letdown, and, and the Lightning were, were kind of able to dominate that second game. And then I think the, the four games they played since then have been you know, pretty evenly matched and, and could have gone either way. So... Yeah, I think that kind of lends uh, or adds to kind of this excitement about a potential first-round playoff series between the two teams is that both teams are pretty darn good right now, and they both play an exciting uh, brand of hockey that, that will lend itself to a really good series. So uh, I think that's a, a big part of this component as well as why uh, I think people around here in Tampa Bay would like to see that Tampa Bay-Florida series. 
And I know we're all excited to potentially just have that national spotlight on a Panthers versus Lightning series as well. Uh, but kind of looking at both teams, both a little banged up right now. The Panthers, we know, probably are going to be at full strength uh, by game one of the playoffs. For the Lightning, obviously, fans are always asking. Uh, Stamkos has been out. Kucherov's been out. Uh, I saw you post an update the other day, but what's going on with those two guys in terms of uh, availability? Yeah, it looks like the Lightning are going to be as close to as healthy as possible as they've been in quite some time going into this uh, into this playoff series or into this playoff round. Um, you know, Nikita Kucherov, he's been out for the entire season. Uh, he had hip surgery on December 29th, and it's been known that he wasn't going to play in the regular season. Uh, the target was always for him to come back once the first round of the playoffs started, and you know, everything we've heard from Lightning head coach John Cooper to general manager Julian Breezebaugh is that, you know, he's right on track to, to come back when the first round of the playoffs begin. And uh, certainly we're expecting a little bit of a longer than usual uh, pause, I guess, between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs as some other teams uh, catch up in the games play department. So that, that little extra time will certainly help uh, Kucherov get back, but you know everything seems to be on track for him to come back for the first uh, game of the uh, of the postseason. And kind of the same deal with Steven Stamkos. He's been out since April 8th with a lower body injury. Uh, when the injury first happened, they thought that he might be able to come back before the end of the regular season and get a few more games in. Uh, that doesn't look like it's going to be the case. John Cooper said yesterday that uh, both Stamkos and Kucherov probably out for the remainder of the regular season, but. Uh, those guys did skate on Tuesday, Stamkos uh, for the first time uh, with his teammates in a full practice situation. They both wore regular jerseys. They uh, they were on the line together. They played on the top power play unit. So uh, it does look like both those guys are, are pretty good to go and should be ready once the playoffs open. And then another guy that's not really talked about as much, but Jan Ruda, he's a guy that's missed 17 games and was you know partnering with Victor Hedman on the both top pair for, for quite a while over the last two seasons. Uh, he looks like he's about ready to get back into the lineup. They're hopeful he can play one of these last, uh, you know, four remaining regular season games or maybe the, the series to finish off against Florida that he can get a couple games before the playoffs start. And looking at, you know, the team as a whole, obviously we're all so hyper-focused on our own own teams most of the time. We do check in on the Lightning when they come to town, but uh, we know how good Braden Point is. We know how good Victor Hedman is. But are there a couple, maybe one or two guys that have really stepped up in the absence of Stamkos and Kucherov that have kind of made a name for themselves this season on the Lightning? Yeah, you know, Andre Pilat, he's been, you know, he's kind of quiet. He doesn't get a lot of the recognition that the Point or Kucherov or Stamkos do uh, when they're in the lineup, but uh, he just plays such a hard-nosed 200-foot game, and uh, really over the last two seasons, uh, he's been healthy for the first time uh, in quite a while these last couple of years, and it's really paid off in his, uh, in his offensive uh, production. Uh, he's really ramped it up in, in the goal department and was a, a key guy for them during their run to the Stanley Cup uh, last offseason. Uh, he's been a guy that's really stepped up and been that consistent player for them all season long. Uh, Yanni Gord, uh, who centers the third line for the Lightning, uh, has been solid throughout the season. Uh, he's a guy that gets a lot of energy in the third line, was a big difference maker for the Lightning last season. Yeah, he always he seems like he does something against the Panthers, Yanni Gord. It seems like we're always talking about Yanni Gord when the Panthers and Lightning meet this season. Yeah, you know, he's just a guy. He gets under opponent's skin. He's just really aggressive. He forechecks hard. And you know, they, they put him out there, him and his line, they put them out usually at the beginning of every game and every period to just try to set the tone for how they want 
the rest of the lines to play throughout the uh, the remainder of that game. So he's a guy that you always have to look out for. And then Blake Coleman here of late, he's kind of quiet at the beginning of the season, hadn't been scoring with the regularity that you might expect from a guy coming off uh, back-to-back 20-goal seasons. But here of late, he's been filling the net. He has uh, six goals over the last five games, uh, goals in three of the last four games. So, you know, he's a guy that the Lightning were hoping could be more of an offensive threat. And here of late, he's kind of uh, fulfilled that promise. And Brian, safe to say, as this season's gone on, especially with some of the, the key players that have been out at times, and just look at the stats, they tell you the story, but Andre Vasilevsky's been uh, you know, the, the most important member of this Tampa Bay Lightning team all season long, and it seems like lately they have done a pretty good job of getting him a few breathers here and there. But as far as the workload goes, how does he respond to it? Seems like he's one of those goalies that, uh, that likes carrying the, the heavy workload. How's he handled it this year? Yeah, I mean, you ask coaches, Bazzi will tell you himself, teammates, you know, he wants to play every single game. He wants every shot coming against him. He doesn't like it when he's in a game and he only faces 20 shots because he feels like he's better when he's facing 30, 35 shots a game, which isn't something that the Lightning coaching staff wants to see every time. But he feels like the more shots he faces, the more games he gets, the the better he is, the more engaged he is. And he's gotten much more savvy as he's you know been in, in the league a little bit you know he's been in the league for for a few seasons now he's no longer you know a youngster in this league and he's gotten more savvy about how to take care of himself how to prepare himself uh when he's not in the lineup uh how to give himself more rest uh so that he's ready to go once the playoffs begin and uh, he's done a you know a couple times this year. He, he played the the front and back end of a back to back, and he's had no problems with that. And uh, this past weekend, the Lightning didn't play him in the back to back they had against Detroit. They went with Curtis McElhaney in the first game, and then their third string guy uh, Chris Gibson in the second game. And that was uh, just a planned weekend off for Vasilevsky that the coaching staff had built into their schedule because they wanted to make sure that uh, that. He's ready to go once these playoffs begin, and he's feeling well rested. So, uh, no concern there from from the Lightning in as far as Vasilevsky, and if he has to shoulder the the, the load the entire postseason, he showed that he could do it uh, last year. Got stronger and stronger as the playoffs went on, and they feel like uh, he should be right back at that level this year too. And Brian, speaking of goaltending, I saw on Lightning Social, I don't know, it was yesterday or the other day, uh, Rob Gronkowski was was out there stopping yeah. some shots. Any chance he gets a couple minutes, takes takes the load off uh, Andre there in the playoffs? You know what? He's a big guy to try to beat in the net. <laughs> He's not, like, easy to shoot around. They actually, yeah, he came out with a couple of his brothers, and he's a, yeah, as big as he is, you know, as a tight end in the NFL. He just looks monstrous out there on the ice next to some of these guys, and Towards the end, he got into the net, and uh, Stamkos and Kalorn and Pat Maroon and his brothers were taking turns shooting at him, and not too many pucks got by him. I mean, it's hard to find a hole with that guy. you got to get, get it down low. He doesn't, like, get down – doesn't bend down as easily as some of the uh, – as some goalies. But if you get it up high, he's got a quick glove, and he, he said he's been uh, – he used to play hockey up until uh, ninth grade, and then he focused completely on football. So – he impressed me. He definitely has some skills out there for sure. 
And Brian, last one for me is anytime we get anyone on here that works in hockey, we kind of like to ask them a little bit about their career path because a lot of our listeners, especially the younger ones, someday want to work in hockey. And like we know, no, no, no two paths are the same. There's a million things you can do in professional sports. But for yourself, I, I can't remember a time when you you weren't the Lightning beat writer there over there at TampaBayLightning.com. Um, just when did you get started? How did you get that job? And any advice out there maybe for the, the, the people like to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, so this is my seventh season covering the Lightning. I started in 2014, the 14-15 season when the Lightning, great time to start. The Lightning went to the Cup Final that year and had just like an unbelievable time covering that team and going on that entire playoff run. Um, but really, it was kind of serendipitous how I got the job. I had uh, I worked for the for the newspaper here, the Tampa Bay Times, for. Uh, three or four years and actually got laid off by the times with, you know, everybody knows the newspaper industry has, hasn't been doing well as of late. And, uh, unfortunately was part of a, a round of layoffs at the times, but, uh, was asked to remain on as a correspondent and still continues to write a lot for the times. Actually, like I covered the, the Tampa Bay rowdies here, the, uh, they're in the USL now. They were in the NASL when I was covering them, uh, but the you know, minor league soccer team here. Uh, and I think the Lightning actually reached out to the Times and asked if they had anyone. There was an opening for their uh, beat writer position and asked the Times if there was anyone that they thought might do a good job filling that role. And the Times passed my name along, and uh, I was able to get the job, and uh, it's been all uphill ever since. But, yeah, I guess just kind of persistence and, and staying in the spotlight, keeping your name out there. And I think really more than anything doing this job, when I came into it, I was just a writer. I'd never done radio. I'd never done video. I, you know, I wrote and that was it. And now since I've been the lightning beat writer, like you have to, I've started hosting my own radio show. I do radio hits like this all the time. Now I do video hits. Like you have to be uh, very multifaceted to, to kind of keep up in the business now. And I think that's a big key is just being able to do a lot of things and, and do them well. Yeah, that's huge now. Everything is on so many different platforms. And I know you're on different platforms now, Brian. And as we continue to preview what looks like it has a good possibility to be a playoff series between the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, want to give all the folks out there uh, over here on the uh, Panthers side of things uh, a way to follow you. Where can they find you if they want to get some information behind enemy lines, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at NHL. Uh, all of my articles are up on TampaBayLightning.com. Uh, I do a, uh, a segment. I've had Jameson on for a segment on uh, Beat to Beat, uh, which is part of our wraparound show that's on Valley Sports Sun. Uh, and that comes on an hour before game times. And I'm not sure if we're going to continue that into the postseason. I've heard we might do kind of a daily thing in the postseason now. So stay tuned for that. But uh, and then I have a radio show too that comes on at uh, you know an hour before puck drop on uh, on the Lightning Power Play. So you can check that out too. I do that with uh, with Kaylee Chelios, our uh, our radio analyst. Behind enemy lines, but you're not an enemy. You're a friend of the show, Brian. <laughs> we thank you very much for uh, for being on board here today. And uh, and again, we look forward to uh, hearing from you uh, very soon. Thanks very much for taking some time out here on Territory Talk, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, Doug. Jameson, I appreciate you guys having me on. Big thanks to Brian Burns, covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for TampaBayLightning.com. Great to get some insight 
on the Lightning, where things are currently with them. Again, they've got a couple of more games to play before the game Saturday and Monday against the Panthers, so we'll be keeping an eye on how things transpire for the Lightning. By the way, Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers, and lots of things we picked up in there. Uh, I saw the update a couple of years ago. Sounds like John Cooper hinting at no Stamkos or Kucherov for the remainder of the regular season. Brian Mention that again there. Something else, and you asked about the players that have stepped up, contributed with those key guys out of the lineup. He mentioned Yanni Gord. Something else to keep an eye on with Yanni Gord. Seems like every time the Panthers and the Lightning have played, he mentioned that they like to start games with the Gord, Coleman, Barkley, Goodrow trio up front. That's also when John Cooper has the ability to get it anytime at five on five. You can expect that line to be out there against Alexander Barkov's line. When you watch these two teams play against each other this season, it feels like Yanni Gord is trying to follow Alexander Barkov around the ice. If you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, not a bad tactic because obviously Barkov's a dominant player, but uh, Yanni Gord's a tenacious guy, and uh, you give him an assignment, he's one of those guys that can, uh, along with his line mates, try to get under the skin of the opposition like you heard Brian talk about. So Panthers fans, I would look for that to be a matchup. We've seen it this season. No reason to think that anything's going to change going into these final regular season games or into a playoff series. I think uh, Mr. Barkov and Mr. Gord might get a little bit tired of one another over the course of the next few weeks. I think the craziest thing to me, too, is for these two games is, yes, they're the games matter. Yes, the teams are going to be given 100%, but it's also kind of a feeling out period because if everything you know falls into place like it looks like it's going to, this is basically a best of nine playoff series with these two first games kind of being a feeling out process. You know, which what guys you like against certain guys, you know, lines on lines, things like that. So uh, both coaches going to be taking a lot of notes during these two games uh, for the Panthers, uh, John Cooper and Joel Quenville, two of the best in the game. So uh, interesting to see you know what comes from this, what the guys want to get out of these games. You against Brian Burns, Me against big Brian series coming Burns. up. Um, Who's going to win that one? I love Brian Burns. So no, no rivalry there. Um, but kind of looking at, you know, like we said, uh, injury is obviously a big thing. Like you said, Stamkos Kucherov, probably not in these games. But like Brian Burns said, probably back And he brought playoffs. up Jan Ruda. That's the guy who plays a lot of minutes for Tampa He does. Bay. And you look at the Panthers, though. You know, latest updates we have. Uh, Patrick Hornquist, uh, Carter Verhage, Chris Drieger, all expected to be there for game one of the playoffs. It sounds like uh, Drieger could be starting that, you know, season finale on Monday per Joel Quenville. It sounds like Hornquist could be back on Saturday. Uh, and Carter Verhage in either one of those games. Uh, based on what Q said, you know, reading between the lines, sounds like maybe more Monday than Saturday but we'll see uh, Sam Bennett day-to-day, but Coach Q said nothing serious, so we'll see when that is, but that doesn't sound like that's anything to be alarmed about. But for the most part, the Panthers look like they're going to be at full health. The Lightning look like they're going to be pretty close to full health here. Uh, it's going to be a battle for the ages if that does end up happening. But, Doug, just looking at these last two games here for the regular season, for the Panthers, like I said, winners in eight of their last ten, firing on all cylinders. They want to you know end this thing hot. They want to get these wins, feel good heading into the playoffs. We've done a couple predictions this season, but just looking at these two games here, Last kind of two-game series predictions. What's one thing you think you're going to see in these two games that's maybe a little out of the ordinary? One will go to overtime for sure. That's not out of the ordinary. but yeah. Not out of the ordinary, but I'm saying one, one of them will go to overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I like the Panthers' chances in these last two games, especially with the way the Panthers have been playing, with Tampa Bay still being a little bit undermanned, especially if the Panthers are able to work some guys back into the lineup coming off injury into these last two games. There's a chance the Panthers could have uh, you know, a little bit 
closer to 100% of the roster, the optimal roster going into these two games than the Lightning. Uh, Panthers are home. Home ice is going to matter. would not surprise me to see the Panthers take the majority, three out of four, or maybe even four out of the four points, and lock down now we're the uh, number okay. two spot. Hey, everybody loves my bold predictions. They, and, and you know what? You've been right a lot. They, they, tend, they tend to at least uh, at least uh, they tend to at least be close. Yes. I've hit on a lot of them. You have. And I've had a I've, lot have that not. have come very close. <laughs> That's just my inkling. I think we're going to see one game go to overtime. And obviously, as you know, overtime, even an undermanned Tampa Bay Lightning team and a three-on-three can be pretty dangerous. So you get to overtime against Tampa Bay, a matchup like this, it's a toss-up. That's why I say for the Panthers, I like the chances of getting three out of four, maybe even four out of four, because I think one of these games will go to the extra frame. But I do think the Panthers are going to get a majority of the points here in this finale of the regular season for mine it's a quick one it's a player one i'm actually going to steal kind of one of your old predictions which you got right uh i'm going to say in these two games if he's playing because obviously the panthers are a deep team but he's been playing a lot lately uh ryan lomberg is gonna get at least one goal in these final two games he's had a lot of good looks lately i actually looked at the numbers he's one of the top guys in terms of uh rush chances and creating rebounds for the panthers so he's been very active around the net love the tenacity uh these games you know against the lightning goals like that usually are rewarded uh it's usually the kind of goals we see in these games those hard fought goals so I think at some point in these next two games, Ryan Lomberg gets one, you know, gets rewarded here at the end of the regular season, lights the lamp, and the fans go crazy here at BB&T Center because he is a fan favorite. Everyone loves Ryan Lomberg, the Lamborghini. As the Frank Lamborghini! Frank, as Frank Vertrano told us. So uh, we love to see it. But, Doug, before we wrap things up, two quick plugs. Uh, we do have the first episode of the Panthers Pipeline podcast coming out uh, this week with Max Gildon. Of course, we'll also talk about AHL, ECHL, other prospects, but Max Gildon will be the featured interview, Panthers defensive prospect. A really nice guy. Did about 20 minutes with him. Uh, so look for that. That'll be within the Panthers Podcast Network. So if you're already subscribed, if you're already listening to Territory Talk, it'll be delivered right to your inbox. And then, of course, a new episode of Around the NHL with Randy Muller and Katie Gaw is coming out next week, the playoff preview episode. Uh, NHL Network's Kevin Weeks stopped by. Uh, that, you have to subscribe separately. So go find that, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, uh, and subscribe. Because there's good stuff coming out of there, you know, every episode uh, with Randy and Katie taking a broader look at things, not necessarily a Panther podcast, more of an NHL podcast. So great stuff. And Kevin Weeks as well is always great. The content just keeps on coming. So be sure to go find it. Uh, It's all coming at you from all different angles. And of course, the uh, game's getting bigger and bigger every single day. So there's just that much more to talk about. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you on Territory Talk. And that's about it for this installment of the longest running of the Panthers podcast, the original Panthers podcast. It's the official. It's also the original Panthers That's podcast. That's actually presented- not true. There was a Panther technically podcast before I started working here. That was it was basically just like two like two like ten minute audio interviews. I think Randy was in one of them. Was you know what I do? I have heard as, about this. This was, is before I got here it was too. Labeled as a podcast, but it, it was more of just like two recorded interviews that was put out for fans to listen to so technically we're not the first we're just the longest running well that's what's also interesting and this that is a whole different com- this is a different conversation maybe you could elaborate on this or you know you might know it more than i do but podcasting has become a a really big thing to say the least the last few years but podcasts have been around for over a decade yeah. they've been around for a long time it just took them a while to get into a certain form and kind of get established Podcasts have been around for a long time, over a decade. I remember listening to one I, on planes, and I, you know, years ago was a hockey one, and and I 
we're getting all we're getting carried away here. But this is something I found interesting: is that podcasts have really risen to fame here. That'll recently, be an off, that'll be an off season episode. But they've been around. The history podcasts. of podcasts yes. would be an interesting thing to trace. But that's going to be for another day because we have lots more important <laughs> things to discuss here in the coming weeks. Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Jamison Olive, Doug Plagans here with you as always. Big thanks to Brian Burns from TampaBayLightning.com for stopping by as always. As always, it was his first time on the show, but I'm sure he'll be on again. <laughs> He will be. He will be. Yes, yes. Friend of the program. We've yeah. already determined that he's a friend of the program. So big thanks to Brian once again for stopping by. Big thanks to all of you for making Territory Talk a part of your listening week. New material each and every Wednesday from us, floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk and all the different places you listen, you can find the show. So we thank you very much for being on board. The next time we have an episode of Territory Talk, the regular season will be in the books. We'll know where the Panthers stand. We'll know what the first round is going to look like. And we will break it all down. That is coming up the next episode of Territory Talk. And we hope to have you on board for it. This has been Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.